for me to get to see one another in uh, in our homes and personal spaces. It's just a different way of experiencing each other. This is uh, this is. I know we're recording, but we haven't officially started yet. <laughs> this is my office and my practice space. So I got a bunch of my Dhamma books over there. Um, that's a Buddha Rupa that I um, I got from Spirit Rock during our teacher training. Um, I was in the last cohort before dawn, and I just found it so touching, just the tenderness of the the posture. And then this is my altar over here where I practice. So there's some photos of my teachers. Uh, all the way in the back there is Godwin Samararatne, who was um, a lay meditation teacher from uh, Sri Lanka, uh, one of my first meditation teachers in India. And then up here are, um, maybe I can get the photos and actually see them. So that's Godwin. He was such a sweet man, so gentle and loving. And then uh, this is uh, Anagarika Manindraji, my other first teacher, also a lay, lay Buddhist. And they both wore all white. They followed the eight precepts. And then this is Ajahn Sachito, uh, another teacher of mine who's uh, a British Thai forest monastic. He's been a monk for over 40 years and uh, one of Ajahn Sumedho's um, main disciples. And then uh, over here we have, this is, a, this is a gift from Ajahn Viradhammo, uh, the abbot of uh, Tisarana Monastery in uh, Ottawa, Ontario, uh, where I trained as a monastic. And um, Ajahn Viradhammo received this from Ajahn Sumedho, uh, who got it uh, on pilgrimage in India. And it's... Um, uh, one of the four postures, this is the Buddha reclining, um, practicing in the reclining posture. And my understanding is this, this posture often references the Buddha's death, the Buddha's passing away. So it's a reminder of, uh, of our mortality. <clears throat> so this is, that's my space. <laughs> We'll get started in just a minute when uh, we're at the top of the hour. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the globe. So as I was mentioning last night, we spent our first day just uh, steadying the mind, 
practicing shamatha, this kind of just coming back to one thing again and again. You probably noticed over the course of the day that there's plenty of other experiences that come up. Even if we're trying to just pay attention to one thing, sometimes experiences that are quite strong, different thoughts, emotions, maybe unpleasant or painful sensations in the body, particularly when we're sitting for a long period, but even when we're walking, the body gets tired, it aches, it hurts. So starting today, we're going to be slowly expanding the instructions, moving on to Vipassana practice, and little by little broadening what we're paying attention to beyond our anchor, beyond our home base. The trajectory of this practice is to include more and more of our experience until there's literally nothing left out. Anything and everything uh, is included in the meditation and is revealing to us all of the time the truth of the Dhamma and can be the condition for our awakening. So today we'll be adding uh, other sensations in the body, including unpleasant sensations, sometimes referred to as pain, and sounds. So how does this work? So the default instruction doesn't change. Rest with your anchor. Okay, we're still settling, gathering. Connect with your anchor and then sustain your attention. See if you can stay connected to whether it's the breath or your hands, or if you're using sound as an anchor, you notice hearing, you stay aware of hearing. This is, the, this is kind of like the, the engine of practice. It's connecting and sustaining our attention with whatever's happening. So we're doing that with the anchor. Today, We'll widen the scope a little bit. So if a sensation, another sensation in your body arises that's strong, your attention naturally goes there, then the instruction is to let go of the anchor. In fact, you don't have to let go of the anchor. You already have if your attention has moved to this new sensation, right? So you just let that happen and then stay with that sensation as long as it's predominant as long as it's compelling enough to hold your attention naturally, that new sensation will become the object of your meditation until it either fades, changes, or is replaced by something else. We'll do the same thing with sounds. So say you're with your anchor. Let's say your anchor are the sensations in your hands and the sensations of your body sitting. So you're feeling your hands, you're noticing touching, feeling the body, noticing sitting. And then there's a loud sound. So right now where I am, this is some kind of motor or truck outside I can hear. So my attention just naturally went there. I didn't have to think about it. It just, it left the anchor and it was noticing the sound. So I just allow that to happen. And I stay aware of the sound as long as it's predominant as long as the attention is naturally called there. Then one of several things is going to happen. The sound is either going to fade or disappear. And if there's not much else going on, let your attention just come back to your anchor. Right? 
sometimes this the sound or if it happens to be a sensation gets stronger you would just continue to pay attention to it other times what happens is that sensation or sound gets replaced by something else there's another sound that happens that takes your attention then you would just pay attention to that so we're staying with what's strongest in our experience but limiting the scope just to body sensations and sounds. We're not getting into the fray of thoughts and emotions and the complexity of the mind yet. When that stuff comes up as much as possible, try to just leave it in the margins, set it aside, stay with your anchor or other body sensations or sounds that come up. Now with all of these experiences, a sensation in the body, a sound, as I was talking about last night, there's what's happening the sensation or the sound. And then there's how we're relating to it. Remember that second arrow. So we can start to be aware, not just of the experience, but how is the heart mind relating? So we're aware, is there balance? If we lose balance and we're not attending to that, we can actually end up reinforcing patterns of fear and resistance, holding on or pushing away. So during our meditation, I'll offer some additional instructions for specifically how to practice with unpleasant sensations with pain in the body. One of the um, kind of rich and um, very helpful things about exploring unpleasant sensations <clears throat> is that they are a template and a training ground for learning to be with painful emotions and psychological states. The same principles apply. So including unpleasant or painful sensations in the body in our meditation begins to teach us how to stop shooting the second arrow, how to find balance with that which is unpleasant. And in the process, again, as I talked about last night, we develop a lot of wholesome qualities. So let's practice together. Go ahead and settle into a comfortable posture when that feels relatively at ease, your body and mind can relax, but also there's some vitality, some alertness, whether you're sitting, standing or reclining, just check the alignment of your spine, your head and neck. You might notice the places where your body touches the ground and just begin to anchor there with the experience of gravity, the weight of the body and the steadiness of the sensations of contact.
Checking the attitude of your mind. So beginning the meditation with a sense of curiosity and warmth. It's a really good thing we're doing here. Taking time to learn how to rest the heart and mind, how to cultivate healthy qualities, and how to unhook from the places where we get stuck, how to free the heart and mind. So we can take some joy, some happiness, just in the simple fact of making an effort for our own well being, which of course translates to having more to offer the world. You might notice how the body is naturally present. It has its own intelligence. It knows it's here, knows how to balance. It senses the environment. So you might even tune into the space around you. Just feel how that space is open in front of you, behind you, all around you. It's open. It's unobstructed. It's non-intrusive. There's no one or nothing pressing on you right now outside the body. Seeing if you can pick up those messages just take them into your heart as a support for presence and relaxation. And so we rest in this very natural, open, receptivity, just being here in a simple, quiet way. And then let the anchor come to you. So whatever you're using as your home base, whether it's sound, the body, the breath, it's already here. You don't have to go find it. So resting with this receptivity of the heart, just begin to tune in to the anchor and just listen for it, feel it, sense it. The breath happens by itself. Sounds happen by themselves. Bodily sensations are present in and of themselves. So there's a moment of contact, become aware of the anchor, 
So it's connecting the attention. And then commit. Get a little bit interested and see if we can stay with that experience for a moment or two to just sustain the attention. And so let's just practice like this for a little bit, just resting attention with the anchor, connecting and sustaining.
So in your own time, you can begin to allow other experiences to be included in your meditation in the body or sound. So we're still just with the anchor. And when another sensation or sound naturally calls your attention, the attention just moves by itself. You're not with the anchor anymore. You're now with a sensation in the knee, the back of the neck, or all of a sudden a sound outside. The attention is already connected with a new object. You just allow that to happen. So now whatever that new experience is, this is the object of your meditation. You just stay aware of it. It may vanish or change immediately, almost just like a flash. It's there and then it's gone. And just simply notice that and let the attention come back to your anchor. If the sensation or the sound persists for a little while, you can begin to observe it. But notice what's happening to it. Does it change? Does it increase or decrease in intensity? Is it replaced by another sensation or sound? Something else more compelling comes into the foreground of your awareness than that new experience will become the object of your meditation. When there's nothing else predominant calling your attention, then you just rest with the anchor. You don't have to go looking for anything. You don't have to make anything happen. Just staying aware. Connecting with the anchor or with whatever is predominant in the body or sound that naturally calls your attention. So now let's practice like this together for a little while, including body sensations and sounds, whatever is in the foreground of your awareness, whatever is predominant. When thoughts or emotions catch your attention, continue to simply try to let them be, just set them aside and come back to the anchor for now.
So if it's helpful, you can also use a soft mental note, kind of like a whisper in the back of your mind, labeling what's happening. As Heather mentioned yesterday, say you're with the breath, you might note in, out, in, out. And then if some sound catches your attention, you might just note hearing, hearing. If you're still with the sound, you continue hearing, hearing. This is a, a reminder. It's a way of supporting the attention to stay connected to the object with a clear recognition of what's occurring, of what's being known in the mind. Say that sound is then replaced by a, an aching sensation in your back. So you might just note aching, aching. Stay with the sensation as long as it's predominant until it's either replaced by something else or it fades and then you return to the anchor. So in this way, from moment to moment, 
we strengthen the continuity of mindfulness, being aware of what's arising, of what's being known by the mind. It's natural in the course of meditation and having a human body to experience pain. Unpleasant sensations. Unpleasant sensations can be a tremendous support and teacher in meditation practice. They're easy to pay attention to. They naturally hold our attention. And they teach us a lot about the difference between pain and suffering. The difference between the first arrow of unpleasant experience and the second arrow of suffering that comes from struggling, from resisting, from worrying, from trying to control, avoid, manipulate experience. Now there are two key principles for working with unpleasant sensations. The first is to stay balanced. If the sensation is really strong, unbearable, overwhelming, then it's probably wiser to back away from it, even to mindfully shift your posture than to try to stay aware of it if the mind doesn't have enough balance, we will end up unintentionally reinforcing patterns of resistance, clinging, and struggle. So the first principle is don't go in if you can't get out. Don't go into an unpleasant or painful sensation if you can't step back from it and take a break. So taking a break looks like resting with your anchor, noticing sounds or even opening the eyes, practicing mindfulness of seeing, doing mindfulness of orienting, giving our nervous system a chance to integrate, settle. Well, this is the first principle, balance. Don't go in if you can't get out. The second principle is to go slowly with interest. So start at the edges. Don't go into the center of the pain right away. Just approach it slowly and try to get interested. What is this experience without the thought, without the label pain, without the concept my back or my neck? my knee, wrist, just exploring this little corner of the universe in your own body. What are the actual sensations? Start at the edge. Just notice where does it feel okay in your body? And where does it start to not feel okay? Where does it start to feel unpleasant? 
starting to get intimate with that experience in a direct and non-conceptual way. Does it have texture? Is it sharp, bristly, rough, jagged? Is there temperature? Is it hot and burning? Is it icy cold? Is there movement? Is it throbbing, pulsing, stabbing, twisting? So you can begin to differentiate the various sensations that make up this experience, which initially might feel monolithic, perhaps just a knot of pain or a wall of unpleasant sensation. Start to notice its individual components, what it's made of, how they're changing. It's not so much that we're thinking about it, but we're observing very carefully. As this process of observation unfolds, every now and then just pay attention. How am I relating? Are you tightening up, pulling away? Are you contracting around it or pushing against it? So this is natural. This is our conditioning, our habit to resist the unpleasant. So when you notice that resistance, when you notice that contraction, just become aware of it. You're no longer paying attention to the, the, the first arrow, the sensation. You're now paying attention to the second arrow. You're actually becoming mindful of the reactivity, the contraction, the resistance as it manifests right here and now in your own mind and body. And then notice what happens as you stay aware of that contraction. Does it increase? Does it get tighter? Does it stay the same? Does it decrease? Does it loosen? Sometimes it comes in waves. Like a wave of contraction, and then it settles, and you can stay with the original sensation of discomfort, and then another wave of contraction resistance comes, and then it settles. There's a tremendous amount to learn here. Always remembering that principle of balance, taking your time, going slowly, taking breaks as needed, and staying interested really coming from, from a spirit of curiosity rather than control. And we can bring this same quality of careful attention to any experience, including the anchor. 
So say you're using your hands as the anchor. You can start to notice the particular sensations that are present, how they change in intensity or duration, how they flow from one to another. This is Vipassana practice, seeing clearly the nature of experience, observing how it arises and passes, how it changes. So staying with what's predominant, nothing else is happening, rest with your anchor, you can notice how it's changing. When that's replaced by a sound or a sensation in the body, let that become the object of your meditation. Notice what happens. Notice how your mind is relating to it. Stay with whatever's strongest when there's nothing else calling your attention, just come back to the anchor.
Thank you for joining me for that. So uh, maybe just one or two brief notes on the, uh, the meditation for today. Um, at this particular point in the retreat, um, but really at any time, it can be helpful to start the meditation also just with a body scan. I'm guessing many of you are familiar with this practice. You just start feeling the sensations at the top of your head and then your face, the sides and back of your head, the front and back of your neck, and just scan your attention through your body, just one part at a time, taking your time. Uh, could be just a couple of minutes, five minutes, just as a way of sensitizing your awareness to the various parts of the body and the different sensations that are there. And then go ahead and proceed with resting with the anchor and opening to different sensations or sounds as they arise. Okay, so this is just another option I wanted to offer. As you're working with sensations and sounds today, uh, particularly if you've been meditating for some time, but uh, for anyone who's interested, one other thing you can notice, you can notice the pleasant or unpleasant kind of flavor of the experience. This is a particular teaching in the Buddhist tradition that every experience we have in the body and the mind comes with a kind of tone of pleasant, unpleasant, or somewhere in the middle, kind of neutral. And it's that tone of pleasure or displeasure that we react to, that we either grab onto or push away or check out. So just as you're noticing different sensations or sounds, if you're resisting or getting caught up in something, you might just check and see, is this pleasant or unpleasant? bring your attention to that aspect of the experience and see if you can just become mindful of the pleasantness or the unpleasantness, or if it's in the middle, the neutralness of the experience. And again, if this feels like too much, if it's confusing, just, just leave it aside. So if you don't have a small group today, if you do not have a small group meeting, we have time for, um, for one or two brief clarifying questions about the meditation practice or the instructions. And uh, you could send that to me in the chat. Um, that would be the preferred way of doing it. So I'll leave a little time for you to see if there's anything pressing you want to clarify or ask about the meditation practice, instructions, or your experience. Again, if you don't have a small group today, if you do bring the question to your small group. Um, in the meantime, just a few um, announcements, uh, closing loops, and so forth. Um, so one loop to close from my talk yesterday um, one of my colleagues uh, pointed out that there's uh, um, some debate around the origins of the two wolves story, which I attributed to the Cherokee tradition. And so I just wanted to um, just clarify that um, the claiming it as a, as a Cherokee story, it is a very... Uh, close friend and colleague uh, of ours who teaches at Spirit Rock, who's a First Nation 
uh, woman. And uh, I asked her about the origins of the story. And she told me a really lovely story that she, uh, she checked with a Cherokee elder about it and, you know, told him, you know, in this Buddhist tradition that I practice in, this is a very powerful story we like to share. And we've heard that it's a Cherokee legend. Is it true? And uh, apparently the Cherokee elder said, we'll, we'll take credit for it. <laughs> so, um, so we have that on good authority. One other um, kind of logistical thing to share on a slightly different note. Um, this 9 a.m. sit and the four o'clock metta practice or heart practice, the 515 Dharma talk, um, we really wanna, wanna emphasize uh, the request to arrive a few minutes early. You know, so this morning folks kind of trickled in a little last night for my talk. Also, well, don't worry, we're not keeping track. We're not sort of writing down your name if you're late or something. But, you know, you can see the numbers kind of grow on Zoom, right, over the first five or 10 minutes. And um, there are two reasons why we ask this. Um, one is, is really out of respect for the teachings. It's not personal. It's not about, you know, you came late to my session. Uh, it's really, you know, where we hold these teachings with such high regard and respect um, that we want to encourage all of us to, uh, to honor them and show respect to them um, by arriving on time and even a few minutes early. The other reason is just for your own benefit. You know, if you, if you miss the first five or even 10 minutes of a teaching, you're going to miss a lot of really important context that's, that's, um, there are going to be gaps in the instructions and what you're doing. So for your own benefit on the retreat, please, please, please come um, on time or a few minutes early. So um, there are a couple of questions here, a few, I'm not sure I'll be able to answer all of them, but um, I'll see if I can answer one or two of them. Okay. Um, so one person is asking, sometimes I'm being mindful of my discomfort. Uh, so I'm assuming you mean an unpleasant sensation. When I hear a sound and my mind is drawn to that, it sometimes feels like I'm multitasking aware of the sound, also staying with the discomfort. Should I let one go and just stay with the one that's calling more? Great question. Thank you. So yes, in general, just stay with what's predominant. You can let go of the unpleasant sensation. And if there's a sound that's stronger, go ahead and just stay with that. Now, that said, one of the things that can happen is it can feel like things are happening at the same time. Maybe one thing's in the foreground, but the other thing's still present in the background. That's okay. You don't need to control your experience. However it's occurring for you, just be aware of it. Don't overthink it. Um, what about pleasant sensations like deep relaxation, leaning towards floating, losing connection with the body? Is this a neutral sensation? So again, don't overthink it. You can, you can ask yourself, do I want more of this? If the answer is yes, it's pleasant. <laughs> if the answer is no, it's unpleasant. Um, just even inquiring, just kind of attuning to, you know, is this pleasant or unpleasant? Even if you're not sure, just even that much of an inquiry can be useful. What are some ways to work with sleepiness? It seems that when my mind becomes lost in thoughts, it's hard to stay with the sensation of sleepiness. It just takes over, yeah. So um, really common to feel sleepy in the first days of a retreat. 
Um, few quick tips. Sit up a little straighter. If you're standing, stand up a little straighter. If you're reclining, lift your arm so that your, your elbow is, is upright. You're taking a little energy to keep your hand up. Focus more on the in-breath. In-breath is energizing. So try to breathe in a little bit more fully. That'll bring energy into your body. Try opening your eyes either fully or even just a little bit, letting some light in. Um, you can pull your earlobes. This one's actually in the suttas. Pull your earlobes. I'll wake you up at least for a few moments. One of the things that happens with sleepiness, sometimes we're just tired. And if so, it's okay to, you know, at some point in the day, take a nap, get some more rest. But one of the things that can happen when we're sleepy is if we're starting to feel calm and tranquil and there's not enough energy, we go into sleepiness. So it can be an imbalance of energy and concentration. So you might just check and see, are you feeling calm and tranquil? And then you're tipping over into sleepiness. If that's what's happening, bring more energy into your practice. One of the best ways to do that is by getting interested. Try to get interested in what's happening. Another way to bring more energy is to practice noting, give the mind something to do, use a mental label every now and then. When all else fails, you can stand up, practice standing, do some walking, bring energy into the body. Um, so those are a few tips for sleepiness. Okay, one or two more announcements here. Um, and then we'll have to end our session. So the other questions that are coming through won't have time to answer today. So um, please just uh, Rahul and Josh, hold your question, bring it to another session. We'll try to follow up with you. So we need a practice leader, practice group leaders for our affinity groups today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Um, Carlita, is there, what's the best way for folks to let you know or sign up for that? Yes, thank you so much for asking about that. Um, the absolute best way to do so is to sign up on the affinity page. I'm actually going to place this right here in the chat. As you scroll down, there will be a link to sign up as a practice leader. And we are currently looking for practice leaders for both BIPOC and our LGBTQ sits. So if you're interested and you'd like to hold that space, which primarily entails ringing the bell at the end, um, that would be fantastic. All of the details though are right there on the uh, affinity sit. Oh my goodness. Let's see, did I get the right link for you? I'm just gonna double check that. I apologize, but back to you, I'll get that. Let me double check on my link placement there. Okay, no worries. So, yeah, thank you. So we'll, we'll get that link in there if you're willing to be a practice leader. And again, all that entails is just ringing a bell at the end of the sit. And you can either use a real bell if you have one at home or the um, electronic bell on the homepage if you know how to share the, share the sound through Zoom. So two other practice, um, practice tips as we wrap up here. So one, um, remember to check the schedule for your small group. Um, if you've signed up for a small group, um, please come join us. We won't be able to reschedule you if you, uh, if you don't, don't join. Um, so uh, 
Thanks for the question. If you don't self-identify as Black, Indigenous, a person of color, or alphabet sangha, um, the request is to not join the affinity group. So the way you can best support those affinity groups is to continue your practice in the main in the main uh, retreat if you don't identify as one of those um, a member of one of those groups. The other thing I wanted to mention was um, just a little bit of encouragement on the walking practice. So it's easy to start to feel like the sitting is the real deal where the meditation actually happens and that the walking is just kind of in between these breaks. And um, I can tell you from um, direct experience that you can walking practice, not only can it be deeply enjoyable and nourishing walking or movement practice if you're not doing walking itself, um, but there can be deep, deep, states of insight and concentration through walking. So don't shortchange yourself. Take a set path, practice the walking back and forth, go at a pace that feels comfortable and easy for your body. Doesn't have to be super slow. The idea is staying aware of the sensations in your body and let yourself enjoy it. Feel the flow of the movement, you can experiment with how much of the body you're aware of, whether it's the whole body, your lower body, just the soles of the feet. One of the best instructions I ever received for walking meditation was on my first 10 day retreat, um, actually from a spirit rock teacher, Sharda, uh, many years ago, who said, drop the word meditation, just walk just walk. And as Thich Nhat Hanh says, walk like a free person, free from the past, free from the future. So enjoy your walking. All right, friends, have a great day of practice. We'll see you back here soon. And some of us will meet in small groups in a few minutes. Take care. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.